Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another edition of the Curtain Call podcast. My name is Michael Beck, your deputy editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, and I am joined with, as always, one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. Jeffrey, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing really good tonight, Michael. Perfect. It's been two weeks since uh, we last chatted, so I'm excited to get into that a little bit later in your time with Dave Schofield last week. But we have a very special guest with us tonight. Of course, we're uh, continuing along with our uh, breaking down the Steelers draft picks. Tonight, we're breaking down Quincy Roche with Jake Marcus from uh, State of the U. That is the Miami Hurricanes SB Nation blog. So, Jake, thank you so much for your time tonight. Yeah, thank you for having me, Michael. Michael and Jeffrey, uh, excited to uh, talk about Quincy Roche. He uh, slipped a little, and yeah, I think you guys got a good one here. Oh, uh, that is exciting to hear. I, I think all Steeler fans will, will uh, love to hear that they, they got a guy slipping. Were you surprised? Because I, I know in, in your personal mock draft, you, you had the Steelers taking them, but in the second round, um, were you surprised by a, a four-round slip for, from this guy? Yeah, I was I was absolutely surprised. I I mean, he was so the Canes had five guys drafted. They had the two DNs who are uh, completely different edge defenders compared to Quincy Roche, uh, Phillips, Jalen Phillips and Gregory Rousseau, who were picked in the first round. Then uh, there was a long lull uh, and Brevin Jordan ended up going in the fifth round to the Texans. Uh, and then Quincy was the last one left. And there were guys going who, uh, I, I mean, Chris Rumpf, he plays in the, the ACC as well, or played in the ACC, uh, played for Duke. He was drafted, I think, in the fifth, maybe early sixth, and he was before Quincy Roche. 
And that one really had me scratching my head. I, th- I think Roche is such a worker, and I, I think he, he's going to – at least, and especially compared to last year, he was projected first round after his, his numbers he put up in Temple. Um, he transferred over. His production wasn't as good. Uh, but yeah, I think he, he definitely slipped and it surprised me a lot. I, yeah, I, I overappraised him. I said second round, I would have set a range between second and fourth at the, at the absolute latest fourth. Uh, so six was, yeah, as I mentioned before, I think he's a steal and it fits right in with the Steelers culture, in my opinion, as I mocked him there. Do you think, uh, the fact that Miami put two edge rushers in the first round may have like helped cause him to drop like players are like all right you know i know i know teams still look at every individual player but when you have three guys from one school you know one of them ends up dropping down you you can't have all three rated too highly uh do you think that may have caused him to drop more than he should have absolutely i think and that's the thing with you know trying to evaluate players in the draft. You see busts all the time. You see players who are drafted too high, drafted too late, that end up overperforming uh, where they were drafted. Um, I do think that was a factor because while he didn't play with Rose, 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 Rousseau the year before, um, Gregory Rousseau, uh, Rousseau had such good production the year before, and then he was supposed to be the second D end to Rousseau, uh, but then ended up being Phillips, who bursted on the scene and had just had a meteoric rise throughout the season. So, yeah, I mean, that, that's definitely a factor. And especially, I mean, you look at Phillips going 18th overall, it's like, well, maybe him doing so well on uh, the weak side helped Roche to do well. He graded out 82 for PFF this year. His stats were down. But, yeah, I do think – it, when you look at a team in a bubble, it, beside, unless you're Bama, it's it's like that team's going to end up. Uh, it's it's really tough to evaluate, especially if they're at the same position. Now, with these, of course, Rousseau uh, a year ago opts out, um, and then Roche transfers in from Temple. Was there a noticeable difference when he was inserted to the lineup, and did he change the defense in any way? Was it for the better or the worse with him? slotting in that spot yeah no i think he absolutely did uh now the year before the the canes had jonathan garvin drafted i think he went seventh round and he was lined up on the other side of rousseau so i i think what they expected was roche to come in and kind of just be a a seamless transition as far as a you know rousseau and roche on both sides both pass rushing maniacs and just really good at getting at the uh getting at the quarterback. Uh, so I do think there was some, some scheme type uh, decisions there uh, with Roche coming in. He, he's a, he's a smaller sized edge edge rusher, but he came in and he, he, he was the one constant. So as you mentioned, Rousseau ended up opting out. He opted out in, I want to say it was like right before the season, August or so. And so that was like, oh, that's a big blow to our defense. Rousseau was just, he was one of the best players in the country the year before. Um, And then it was, no one knew how Phillips was going to be. He was an athletic freak. Um, And Roche was that one constant that was like, okay, well, we still have Roche. So he's going to do fine. And then it's really just who steps up to the plate. Couldn't have expected Jalen Phillips to really step up to the plate that much. But he, he answered the call and he basically seamlessly transitioned in for, uh, Rousseau. Uh, 
So I, I definitely think, yeah, having Roche as just a, a, a constant from, even though he didn't play the year before at Miami, he was a constant from, you know, the, the COVID uh, abbreviated spring practices through the, through the off season and then up till the season started. And he played, uh, yeah, the end, the whole, the whole time, never opted out until the bowl game. Uh, but everyone was opting out at that point. Compare him a bit to Jalen Phillips. Cause they, they obviously played on opposite sides of each other. What was their differences in style and how they were used? So I would say Jalen Phillips is just the wow factor with him and his ability to get after a, get after a quarterback is absolutely phenomenal. He is a, I'm not going to say he is at the same level as, you know, Chase Young or any of those edge rusher, edge rushers that have come out of the draft early recently. Uh, but he is, you know, he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Uh, his biggest issue was staying healthy. Uh, he, he had three concussions at UCLA. He was another transfer actually. Um, and then he took a year off and then ended up playing this past season. Uh, as far as Roche, I, I would say, I don't know their frames right now, but I would say Phillips is probably around six, five. And then Rousseau is actually like six, seven or so. Uh, whereas Roche, he measures between six, two and six, three. So just the length alone. And I think his Roche's arms are tiny. He, he, he's not, he's not coming at you with, you know, he's not going to be JJ Watt coming over the top and, uh, just deflecting balls left and right. He's more of a technician. He has a very good quick step, uh, quick first step. He's able to read. The only problem with that, he's, he tends to get a little repetitive, but he can line up both hand in the dirt or standing up, uh, which is good because I think if he is undersized, he's gonna have a he's gonna have trouble with bigger block bigger blockers at the next level. That being said, he did during the Senior Bowl. He did perfectly fine against Alex Leatherwood. Some of Roche's worst tape actually came against um, Darisaw Christian Darisaw from Virginia Tech, which was another ACC matchup. Uh, so it, you know, it just he needs to be more consistent and really he's going to just be a worker. And that's a big thing too, because he'll probably start out in special teams initially. And in my opinion, um, although I was looking at uh, the, the Steelers depth chart, he could get, he could, it could, they could force his hand and he might have to end up playing some defense right off the bat, um, which will be fine. It's just, yeah, he's, he's not, you're not going to be getting the lengthy guys set in the edge. You're going to be getting someone who's, who's able to, you know, and I hope it translates at the next level. And I think it can. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, really putting in the work and being able to master that, master that technique that he got by with in college, both in the AAC and ACC, um, and doing that at the next level. So, yeah, di- completely different player, even though they're the same position. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the beauty about football. You can have the same players at the same positions, and uh, they look completely different. But, yeah, he, he's um, – He's a lot different than Phillips and completely different than uh, Rousseau. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned the Steelers outside linebacker depth chart. That's kind of the talk of the town right now, especially online when, when it comes to this team, is who's going to be the third edge rusher. And Rochez definitely has the opportunity to press for that. But something you mentioned that he's someone with shorter arms, a, a little bit on the smaller side. Would you say his technique is polished? Is that what has allowed him to be so successful, especially getting the quarterback uh, in his uh, collegiate career? 
Yeah, absolutely. He he. Used, even though his hands are on the smaller side, or his arms are on the smaller side, he uses his hands very effectively. He's able to really work off the the, the blockers, bigger blockers. Um, I think that there's a few uh, clips from him at the uh, the Senior Bowl, as I mentioned, with where he was against Alex Leatherwood, who I think went 17th overall, which I think he was overdrafted. Uh, but still, he's from Bama, so. Uh, you never know. He, he, he could be a freak and, uh, or he is, but it just depends if he can really play at the next level. Um, but yeah, he, he absolutely, he used his first step in his quick hands to really, you know, make, make Leatherwood not look as good, if not a 17th overall pick for sure. Um, but I think it's actually more of a testament to how good Roche really effectively uses his cadence and is able to, uh, to breeze by. Um, and, and that's my only concern. He, I was looking into his uh, some of his advanced stats uh, before the draft, and he only had because he's smaller. He only had I would say maybe he can transition to dropping into coverage. He and he that's another thing he said at his pro day at the media session that he 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 thinks he has the versatility to play all over the field, but it didn't it it, it wasn't like that on tape. Um, and his coach said the same thing. He said, he's really been working in coverage. He only played one snap in coverage, uh, during that all of last season, according to PFF. Um, and yeah, watching the games, he, he never dropped back. Even if he says he did and he can do it, he hasn't done it. So it's, a, it, it, it'd be a, it'd be an interesting experience experiment. Um, and especially, I, I think he ended up gaining about 10 pounds, from when he transferred from Temple to Miami, so he he was he he's all about uh, I think you know playing at the line and really uh, really using that technique rather than trying to uh, be effective in coverage. It's interesting. He is smaller, uh, but I do want to point out that he is uh, height and weight wise quite similar to T.J. Watt in his build, uh, and like you. Here you say that he's he's well known for like his initial first steps and his quickness off the line, uh, and that is a trait the Steelers have looked for in their outside linebackers from Bud Dupree, T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith last year, and, and Quincy Roche this year. He does have like you you mentioned that depth chart. He has a road open for, for, to him hmm. to win that third linebacker spot where he will be in the rotation where he will be getting on the field right off the bat. Um, do you think he's ready for that with his technique and skill set? Is he a guy who is a little bit more polished or is he a player who's a bit more raw that, that that might not be the best you know course for him? I do think he's a little raw. I think a, a more, a more uh, gradual progression into the lineup starting on special teams. He actually, he, he had some, I think he had like a couple blocked field goals, a blocked extra point in uh in college uh so he he's no he's no uh stranger to playing in on special teams and he really wants to he has that do everything attitude where he is willing to you know play special teams do the dirty work he's not always about the stats and i think i read a quote actually recently with uh steelers media that he was saying that yeah he i mean sacks are fun but if he can help the team win that's what he wants to do and he definitely had that attitude at miami he uh, he made it a priority uh, early on to say I'm not here just to to raise my stock. I wanna I wanna be a leader for the younger players. 
Uh, and I think, yeah, ideally he could, I, I, he, he could work with someone like Alex Highsmith who uh, he was drafted out of Charlotte last year. Correct. Um, and, and yeah, Highsmith was mostly, he was probably assimilated in fairly early. I think they had to kind of force his hand a little bit towards the end of the season. Um, but he played special teams uh, a lot. Probably will be doing less if he's a starter this year. Um, but I think if Roche had an opportunity to learn under, you know, yeah, TJ Watt, who's as, as good of you, as good of a person you can learn from, and then Alex Highsmith, who literally just did it, I think that would be a more ideal situation. Uh, but yeah, and and I actually I said he has a similar frame to Highsmith as well, um, where that's someone who would be perfect to learn from. I think I actually was looking at highlights where one of high Smith's only interception last year was in coverage. It wasn't like a tip ball at the line. So yeah, going back to Roche, hopefully finding a way to get some coverage opportunities. High Smith seems like a good person to learn from, or at least, you know, get the, get, get shown the ropes early on uh, for someone who's just done it. And then TJ Watt, who's more of a, the veteran side of it. Um, th- that would be more ideal, but yeah, if Roche has to be thrown in, he does have the experience in college. I think he's he was a full time starter for at least two years, uh, so he he has experience. He's not coming in like some players who opted out for all of last season, who there's question marks around, or players who just didn't really get much experience because they were, you know, stashed behind a a, a tough uh, a tough depth chart, uh, which Roche would have been maybe if Phillips ended up bursting on the scene or Rousseau ended up playing. But yeah, I, I think I would have preferred if he kind of got a little more of a slow assimilation in rather than, you know, having a oh you're you're getting thrown right into the fire under Mike Tomlin's offense or defense. So yeah, uh, to to lump on to Jeffrey's question as well, do you think he's a guy that will only need like a year of developing before he could really hit stride, or is he someone that potentially might have to take that entire rookie deal, that four years, to kind of figure it all out before we actually see him reach his potential so that's the other thing he he is he is on the older side for a rookie i believe he's 23 uh so the only problem with having to spend his whole tenure as as uh as a as a project is that he's going to end up being 27 by the time he comes off that contract so i i would say maybe a year or two uh i i believe i mentioned jonathan garvin earlier he basically completely redshirted his first year with the packers uh, which is, you know, another good defense. They have uh, they have the pieces there uh, to to really for him to learn under. Maybe a year or two, I would say, uh, and getting a lot of exposure, get, getting playtime on special teams would be ideal, and then kind of getting a uh, a smoother transition once he's he feels comfortable or you know. It, Sometimes you you can't really choose when uh, at the NFL level when it, when you feel comfortable if it's gonna if that's when they're gonna throw you in. So yeah, I, I, ideally he uh, he could have could have could spend a year or two developing, but the whole four years that would it, it would be a bit of a problem because twenty seven coming off of a of a rookie deal would be would be tough. What stands out for uh, Quincy Roche? Uh, on film when you're watching him when and you're at the game, what stands out is as what he really brings to the team, you know, primarily as what what's his strengths? Like physically or you know, what what is he good at? What is what does he really bring to the team? Yeah, absolutely. So so I would say, I mean, he's definitely a leader and a do everything attitude type player. 
Uh, but not not to the extent where he's – I wouldn't say he's like the guy who's firing everyone up in the locker room. He seems more of a mild-mannered mannered player. Uh, but, he, yeah, he really gets excited to play. And, and the biggest things, yeah, as far as his actual on-field play, uh, just the, the, the technique is, is perfect. It's, it's really uh, a testament to all the work he's put in. And he, he came from, yeah, a three-star recruit, barely recruited out of, out of high school. Uh, I believe he's from Maryland too. So he, I think I read something that he was a Baltimore Ravens fan before, but no longer that. Uh, so he, uh, he, yeah, he, he's definitely someone who's actually, I, I think an interesting compare or juxtaposition is Anthony Ciccolo, who was drafted by the Steelers as well. Uh, Ciccolo was a freak athlete, I think, and a five-star recruit, uh, was one, one of the better recruits of all time to come into Miami. Uh, and he ended up he played good in college for sure. A strong player. He's still floating around the NFL, but he tried to get by with just his raw, uh, his athleticism and his, his, his basically the talent that he was born with. Uh, and that's kind of why he's more of a role player still, uh, despite I believe five years in the NFL. Whereas Roche is the opposite. He's a three star. He's going to come in and he's, he's going to do the work and he's going to, he's going to, he doesn't have the athletic traits to get by with what Chicolo had. Uh, he's going to have to do more of, you know, the actual uh, working on his technique, perfecting everything because working around the bigger blockers and with the, with the, with the smaller size, it, that's going to be my biggest question mark for him. That'll be that will have to be looked at, but yeah, as far as his play, uh, really good player. He, he, he lined up on the, the strong side usually, um, and as I mentioned, he plays it with his hand in the dirt or standing up. So I, I think he could, uh, that that's an, another plus at the next level. Now to, uh, go further on what you just, uh, ended your thought there, uh, playing the stand-up game. Do you think that's going to be a seamless transition for him? Is he someone that can do that every snap or could there be a little bit of growing pains with that? I could definitely see some growing pains. unfortunately, just because, you know, he, he was more of a, he, he, he actually entered uh, this class as the an- another PFF grade uh, comparison that he entered as in this class as the player with the best pass rush grade. His his rush defense is not as good, um, but yeah, his, his in this draft class he was the number one last year. Actually, with Temple, he, I think he ended up with the second best grade behind Chase Young. So that just that just shows you how good of a technician he is and how much he's able to disrupt just based on his his ability to uh, have a good first step swim move all that so he, he has the repertoire to do it but yeah I think I think it's going to be a, a transition especially if they're asking him to stand up and then drop into coverage because he he's only had one snap at, at uh, this past year uh, according to PFF um, in coverage so that that's that it will definitely be interesting to see if he can do that for a prolonged period but he, he does seem like a learner a leader that's willing to really uh take in and absorb as much as possible so I, I do think under yeah Mike Tomlin is just a defensive minded coach I think he could definitely uh take whatever Tomlin really says and and try to uh try to do as much as he can now you mentioned he is on the uh, smaller side for 
you know, he doesn't have the length and stuff to, to really be uh, an edge setter in the run game. Uh, what does he bring in the run game? Because I, I understand he's smaller. And I've watched some film on him, and he he doesn't have that impressive physical ability to just bully people and bully, uh, you know, a tackle in the game. And yet in Miami, he has 14 and a half tackles for a loss. The year before in Temple, he has 19. Uh, what does he bring in the run game that allows him to still make an impact? Yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely <laughs> a, a common theme has been that he really, whatever he lacks in athleticism, he makes up for in uh, that grittiness. Uh, he doesn't have the wow factor in, in the run game, especially. He doesn't, he's not going to wow you on his tape um, with what he does on run defense just because he doesn't have the stature to really explode through the blocks and, and get to the, uh, get to the backfield. But yeah, I mean, he, he'll definitely make some arm tackles, even though he has smaller arms. Uh, and he, he plays well as far as just getting to, uh, getting to where he needs to be. Um, and he, he doesn't do it. Yeah. He doesn't do it by wowing, but he does it just by really being a student of the game and, and getting through the creases and, and knowing how to establish what he, where he wants to get and what he wants to do on each play. But yeah, as you mentioned, I, his run, his run uh, attack is not as polished. Uh, he's definitely a solid pass rusher and that's, you can, you can tell. Yeah. His tape is just, uh, so you, there's, there's a clear advantage when it's a, it's a pass play compared to a rush. Let's do a little exercise with you here, Jake. If you were the Steelers general manager, you're looking at this outside linebacker room. Of course, you got the, the top heavy guys. You got TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. They play about 85% of the snaps. Uh, the re remaining 30% typically goes majority to that third outside linebacker. If Quincy Roche truly is the third best outside linebacker on this team, would you be looking at making calls to see if you could you could add another outside linebacker to this roster so he doesn't have that pressure to play 30% of the snaps in each and every game coming up in this next NFL season? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it's kind of the market. Are you saying like right now? Right or, now, yeah, for this okay. year. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he could handle it, but – yeah, ideally, I, th I think the, the more gradual transition, having a little more help there. Uh, I know, yeah, as you mentioned, you guys lost Bud Dupree as well, um, which is a very tough loss because uh, he, he's, yeah, he's as good as you can get as well, or I mean, at least without the injuries. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do think some additional insurance would definitely be helpful, even if it's just a, a, a player who can come in on a rotational basis take off the load a little bit for Roche. I, th I think as much as you can limit what he's going to have to do at this, this, uh, this next level, especially as a rookie is going to be huge. I, I, he, he, he's just, you know, he, he has to develop. He needs, he's going to need to work a lot to end up having to be a, a real contributor his first year. Uh, and yeah, if, if he's, if his hand is forced and he has to, uh, or if the sailor's hand is forced and he has to go in there, for a uh, a longer period of time, um, that might that may hinder his uh, his development. So yeah, I, th I think getting someone else it, it, right now. I mean, I don't know if there's much out there, uh, but by the free agent market. But um, yeah, I think getting someone regardless would be would be ideal. 
Okay, if I could, if I could change uh, notes, I have a trivia question. It's it's not it's a pretty it's a pretty uh it's a pretty bizarre trivia question here though, but okay. uh, it is Steelers related and University of Miami related. It's one of my favorite little stats here, uh, from a couple of years ago. Uh, since two thousand, do you know what receiver, what wide receiver has the most receiving touchdowns scored against the University of Miami? Currently in the NFL. Since two thousand, I'll give you a clue. He doesn't play in the ACC. Oh wow. He wasn't in the ACC. Okay. So Big East? No, no, just it was just a couple years ago. Oh, he really? was one of, okay. he was an out of conference game. Oh, no. Currently on the Steelers. I'll give you that one too. Okay. <laughs> um I'll give you a hint. If you go back, if you go back to think uh the two thousand 17 season uh, a Mac school came to Miami and pushed them to where it was close at the end it was looking like they were going to come back and beat them uh they had a receiver who's currently on the Steelers by the name of Deontay Johnson I was gonna say Johnson <laughs> yeah he played he got he got two games in two years against Miami he got two touchdowns in both games which at the time was the lead but the last two years like the last two years Miami's given up some more touch a lot more receiving touchdowns and there's some other players up there, but he's still he's still number one in receiving touchdowns against the University of Miami with four in huh. two games out of the MAC. That's a fun one, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a good player too. He he uh, yeah. he gets he gets uh, a lot of a lot of grief for his his drop passes, but uh, no, nah, he's a strong what 2019 pick. He he'll be he'll yeah. he's right up there. That's a fun yeah, little. Was... I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I actually uh, that was a I I look at when I do uh, film rooms for draft prospects for when Steelers pick a draft pick. I always go through look at their career and see like what teams had good defenses or good offenses they played against, and like Miami just stood out. I was like right off the bat, I'm like boom, Miami. Yeah. And he, uh, I think it was Michael Johnson, Michael Jackson, the yeah, press Michael corner. Jackson. He's a Patriot. really good press corner, and he just torched him all game. And I was just like, all right, Steelers <laughs> got a good one, and they did. <laughs> Was that 2017? Yeah. Okay. That I mean, that was Miami's best year too. So he he definitely yeah, did. That was a really good pass defense. He I think he was the only receiver to do 100 yards against them too. Yeah, we had uh, Jaquan Johnson. I think was in that class too. Who's a safety? Um, yeah, they had a strong team. So that's hey, yeah. that's a more impressive stat when you think about it like that too. Yeah, no, I know. I didn't even know that. I was like, was it, was it Claypool and Notre Dame? Like, I know they, they like they're not a conference, so like, uh, no. Say, yeah, Claypool. I thought about. Interesting. Um, I, I have one more question on Quincy Roche. Um, last, like, we kind of started the show off. You said you did like the fit, but uh, if you could expand on that, how how do you like Quincy Roche ending up on the Pittsburgh Steelers? So yeah, I think I think it's a, a really good fit. Uh, just as far as I, I think the Steelers are willing to utilize defenders in in more creative ways than the run of the mill or mostly defenses that aren't as savvy uh, with their with their coaches. Mike Tomlin and I believe it's Keith Butler now um, who are the defensive coordinator. Uh, I, I think he, he can really learn under them. Uh, and not only that, I think I think. We, we, we touched on it earlier. Alex Highsmith, who literally just went through the same process and has a very similar frame, 
Uh, he can learn directly from him, both on special teams. Uh, even though Highsmith may take a reduced role in special teams, he'll learn from what he, he did as a rookie, um, as well as TJ Watt, who's as good of a player as you can learn from. Uh, I think it's just, a, it's a really good fit. I, I think my two top fits for him were Steelers, uh, which he ended up with and the Panthers. And the only reason I would have said the Panthers is because they've, they've been bolstering their defense with, I think last year they used all their draft picks on defensive players. And he, he was actually, uh, he had ties with Matt rule. Who's their coach. Uh, so there would have been a, a more personal connection there. Uh, he also, he put a uh, rule coach in the senior bowl, uh, and maybe it was a level of comfort or something, but Roche really showed out uh, at the senior bowl too, or the practices and in, in the game. And uh, I think that would have been a really good fit too, uh, playing alongside Derek Brown, who's a, a young defensive tackle uh, as well as some other guys that they picked up. But no, I think with the Steelers, it's, it's as good of a fit uh, defensive minded coaches, player, young players and veterans who he can learn who are, who are similar traits and uh, play styles as him um, and, and just really get after it. And, and he, he's the type of player who will, he'll take in everything. He'll absorb all the information he's getting uh, and he, he makes the adjustments and he's a leader. And as a rookie, that's, that, that's a, that, that's a huge, huge trait. Uh, a lot of players are coming in, just Anthony Chickalow coming in, relying on his talent and athleticism uh, and has never really, he, he's a role player. He still plays in the NFL, which is impressive, but he's, the talent that he had compared to Roche, uh, I think coming in as a five-star recruit in high school compared to Roche, who is two to three-star. Yeah, I think I think Roche is just someone who's going to absorb it and really learn as much as possible, be a leader, and he he'll do everything too. And under Tomlin, that's a that'll be that'll be something that Tomlin will uh, will love a lot. Jeffrey, is there anything else uh, you wanted to add? No, I'm good. Awesome, uh, Jake. Before we let you go, is there anything you want to plug? All good here. Go Canes. And uh, one thing I left out this whole thing is uh, for my pro teams, I'm a Patriots fan. So, Oh, take him out. Get out. End the I show. know. I left it towards the end because I knew I might get uh, might get kicked out. <laughs> That's okay. I, I think we all enjoyed uh, the down year for the Patriots for once. It, it, it was it was just beautiful to watch. Well, for what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's good stuff. Jake, thank you so much. That was an excellent interview. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me on. Awesome. Thanks, um, so everyone watching right now on YouTube and Facebook, just hang tight. We will jump into the second half of our show in just a moment. But if you are watching, uh, watching, I guess you're listening on your podcast platforms, click over to part two right now. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.